got a treat, uh, Sean Kafka. Sean is, y'all been a member of our church for about a year now, almost a year now. And uh, he's been in ministry for 18 years, and so we're glad to have him with us. But he's going to be sharing with us tonight. So uh, y'all be praying for and welcome Sean. Well, good evening to you. Glad to be here tonight and uh, survived being out in the sun all day. Uh, doing a, things a little different than what I've been doing for 18 years. Uh, uh, no offense, but <laughs> you know, when you've uh, been in ministry and stuff and you spend sometimes a lot of your time in the office, you forget, uh, man, what it's like being out. I remember being a teenager, working out in the sun all the time, and you know, you're like, man, I can do this. And, you know, now about you know, 20 something years later, yeah, it's a lot different, <laughs> but anyway, but I'm uh, glad to be here tonight with you, and I'm thankful that uh, Brother Chris would even uh, ask me to come and to share God's Word with you tonight. I'm very appreciative for, for him to think of me in that way, to be able to come and share it. Uh, I pray that we will also continue to be in prayer for our pastor. Uh, I'm going to tell you, church, um, being in the ministry of the years that I've been in and, and be under the leadership of uh, Brother Chris, I'm going to tell you, you need to be very thankful for a godly man that we have. Amen. And, uh, and I, you know, as a church family, we have a wonderful privilege to be able to pray for our pastors and our staff. And uh, we have a wonderful staff. And so, again, I'm, I'm very appreciative for them and the opportunity to be here uh, and to be able to share tonight with you. Uh, we did come to join back in uh, October. Uh, um, uh, after coming back, uh, we last summer went and served at Acadiana Baptist Center down in Eunice, Louisiana. I uh, served as a summer staff director. And uh, kind of to give you just a small glimpse, because you're probably wondering who in the world, there's this bearded-looking guy up here, and he obviously not Brother Chris. He did inform me he can't grow one of these, so I've got that up on him anyway. So, um, but... Uh, but you may kind of wonder how, you know, how in the world I came to here. Um, you know, at 16 years old, uh, I placed my faith in Christ uh, to save me from my sins and to give me a life, a life of purpose. Um, and, and that coming to faith in Christ uh, was through a very tragic accident of a friend that died at a very young age. And the sad thing is I can't even stand here today and say if I even know he's there in heaven or not. Uh, but God used that to make me aware of my sinfulness and make me aware that one day that I am going to, my life is going to end. And so God used that tragedy, uh, but also to bring me, bring me to himself. Uh, grew up in the church, but not Southern Baptist. I grew up Catholic, crazy or not. But, uh, but God had a sense of humor, and I dated a Southern Baptist girl. <laughs> and uh, so I uh, would go to church with my parents and then go to church with her and stuff. But through that situation, I started hearing for the first time that God desired to have a relationship with me. I didn't hear that growing up. Uh, I thought you had to be a good person to go to heaven. My friend, you can be as good as all you want, but you can die good and go to hell. You need Jesus. And so tonight, I want to share with you about finding favor in God and maybe in man. Uh, a little bit about that. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3. Um, but again, serving in the ministry for 18 years in student ministry, I did everything from camp to uh, working here at the uh, Methodist Children's Home for about five years, uh, serving area churches throughout uh, 
Louisiana. Uh, most of it was student ministry. I had the privilege of working with children, too. actually kind of got thrown into that. Got to a church three months later. They kept asking me, you know, what about the children? I'm on. why y'all keep asking me? Well, you're the children's minister, too. That would have been helpful to know that when you were calling me, you know. So kind of got through into the introduction of children's ministry, but also did stuff with college students and college and career. And so, you know, God has allowed me to have a lot of neat experiences uh, in, in serving within the church and, and not just ministering to that age, but also learning what it means to be a minister and a servant to the church uh, and stuff and, and of all ages. And um, I love his church. Amen. I am thankful for his church, and I am thankful that God brought us here because uh, God has used First Baptist not just in my wife and, and, and my life, but also our children, uh, so much that even our youngest one just received Christ uh, just a week or so ago, and that's a, that's, we praise the Lord for that. So, so uh, let's uh, look tonight in Proverbs chapter 3. Again, I want to talk to you about finding favor in God and in man. We're going to look in verses, we're going to first start reading verses 1 um, through 4. It says, My child, never forget the things that I've taught you. Store my commandments in your heart, and if you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around the neck as a reminder. Write them uh, deep within your heart. Then you will find favor both with God and people. And you will earn a good reputation. Let us pray. Father, as we read, Father, your word, I pray that you would honor it. Father, we know in your word you say that it will go out and accomplish that which you have sent it out to do. And so, Lord, I'm asking that tonight. Father, as we read your word, as we spend time in it, as we study, as we, Father, dig. Father, I pray you would teach us something tonight. I pray that you would show us something. Father, help us to gain an insight of what it means to truly have your favor. And, Father, to live in that. And that, Father, if you choose to, to give us favor even with people, Father, we thank you for that. But, Father, ultimately our goal, our desire tonight is to find favor in you and you alone. And so, Father, speak to us tonight as we study your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing I want to talk about is this is that you must make a a decision. It is a choice that you and I each make. Joshua even reminded the people in Joshua uh, chapter 24, verse 15. But he says, if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of of your ancestors serving uh, beyond uh, Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family... We will serve the Lord. I believe if you and I are going to understand what it means to have favor in God, it is a choice that we must make. We're either going to choose to serve Him or we're going to choose to do things that are not pleasing to Him. And I promise you, you're not going to find that favor. You're not going to be under His favor if you're choosing to do things of the world. I believe that was what Joshua was, uh, was bringing them to a point and saying, you must make a choice. You're either going to serve him, you're going to be about his word, you're going to live out his word, you're going to honor his word, or you're going to continue to do the things just as your ancestors did. And I want you to understand this, you're not going to find favor. You're not going to have his favor on you. God, would, God did not honor the people of Israel when they chose to go after those, uh, those gods and those things that were not pleasing to him. God did not, they did not find favor in his sight. God allowed them to actually fall under 
many times persecution. Uh, they also found themselves in many times years of, of slavery. But it's a choice that we must make. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, I love this verse. It says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and with all your strength. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these, things, these commandments that I have given you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home or when you are on the road or where you go to bed or when you get up. Tie them on your hands and wear them around the forehead of your, as a reminder. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Every day, one of the things I'm reminded of is, is a choice as, um, as we honor God and serve God that uh, I have a responsibility as a father. I have a responsibility as a husband. And here in these scriptures here, we're reminded that we're to teach our children every, everything that we do from, the, from just sitting at home to being on the road. I, I love it when my boys start asking those questions. You know, they are getting to the, um, my oldest when he's fixing to turn, uh, actually, today. Sorry. <laughs> I do know that, I promise. But uh, <laughs> I remember it very well, I promise. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, I, I love many times just in going places, you know, especially at 11, my youngest one now to 8, they're very observant. Our children are very observant. They watch. They watch the way people respond and act within the world. And you and I have a responsibility that when they see these things and they have questions about the way people are living, the things that they say. I mean, we go to, you go to a public restaurant, and the honest truth is you can't control what other people do and what other people talk about. And for whatever reason, your children sometimes pick up on those things. They hear those things. And you and I have a responsibility in finding favor with the Lord that we have a responsibility even to our children, the next generation, to teach them God's word, to teach them what is right to what is wrong. And I love it when they are so honest and so quick to say, Daddy, what about this? Why did that person do this? Or is that okay? And the deal is, you and I, we have a choice. We have a decision to make every day. In order to find favor with him, be under his favor, we have a choice to be obedient to his word, to even teach his word, even to our children. But even in our personal lives, Jesus, even, even by his example, the uh, Bible showed that uh, in Luke chapter 2, when Jesus was 12 years old, you remember the time when they went uh, to Jerusalem for the Passover feast, and the, the feast was over, and it was time for them to go home, and Mary and Joseph kind of head on, they thought Jesus was with other travelers that were with them, and it says that as they got home, they realized Jesus wasn't there. <laughs> They're like, ooh. And they hurried back to try to find him. Well, when they found him, where did they find him? They found him in the temples, wouldn't he? And he was there, and he was speaking and teaching. And they, became, they came up to him very frantic, very upset. And they were like, why did you do this to us? And they said, why are you upset? I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm in my father's house. And the scripture says there in, in, in verse uh, 52, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Jesus understood that even as a 12-year-old, under the authority of his father, that he was about growing in that wisdom, and he was growing in stature, but he understood what it meant to be in favor of his heavenly father, to be in favor with him. But understand this, friends. 
God sometimes allows us, as we are living our lives and we honor him, we're devoted to his word, we, are, we fall under that favor. God gives us grace and mercy and we live under it. But the reality is sometimes God does give us favor sometimes with people, but sometimes he doesn't. So don't be surprised if sometimes you don't, you don't have that favor. Maybe someone's not liking you and this and that. Jesus reminded us. Do you remember when he said to them, he says, friends, why are you troubled when you're persecuted? Why do you get a... He said, don't you understand they hated me first? But I've learned this in my life and the times in, in living out faith and living out and being an honor in his word. I've noticed this, that God, it may take time. I've, I've been in a situation over the past several months where I've, I've kind of experienced this, where I've experienced where... In the first several months of knowing this person, I, I honestly would say I think this person really didn't like me very well. But the interesting thing is over time, in truly being who I am in Christ, the things that I talk about, not using certain language that this person may use or things like that, the interesting thing is I've noticed over the past several months, it's interesting how God has begun to, to change that person a little bit and not so much of what they say and the things that they do. But I believe this. If, if I'm truly going to live my life in finding favor with God, in order to find favor with man, you must first live under his favor. You will not find favor with man if you're not finding favor with God. Does that make sense? There's no way you're going to... If you're truly going to live out Christ and live out the faith, you will not find favor with people unless you're first finding favor with God. So again, it must be a choice. Also, the second thing is this. There must be a clear devotion. Look there in verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your understanding. Seek His will in all that you do and He will show you which path to take. Do not be impressed with your wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will uh, have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then you will find your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. My children, do not reject the Lord's discipline. Do not be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as the Father corrects the children in whom he delights. The second thing I believe that we must have a clear devotion is in trusting the Lord in all that we do with everything that we are, with our hearts. In Psalms 37, it says, Trust the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything that you do to the Lord and trust Him and He will help you. He will make uh, make your innocence radiate like the dawn and your just of your cause shine like the noonday sun be still in his presence of the lord and wait patiently for him to act do not trust do i'm sorry don't worry about evil people who prosper and fret about their wicked schemes one of the first things i notice here in the scripture says again to trust in the lord with all of your heart with everything that you are to trust him and everything that we do he That scripture I just read a minute ago, it says doing good. It says, and he will uh, uh, make you live safely in the land and prosper. But it says take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. 
you know, sometimes I think we think when if we take delight in the Lord, we live in for the Lord, that sometimes if we just have this desire that we'll go to God and say, God, I truly desire that. We give that. I believe the thing that we need to understand, I believe what the scriptures teach us, those desires are going to be those desires that please God. I know one of the desires that I have right now is there someone that I'm working with that I honestly want to see come to faith in Christ. I believe that is a desire. The Bible teaches that he, the Bible says what? He desires what? All men to be saved. So I believe that is a desire that God has given me to see this person get saved. And so I have to trust him with that. I have to trust the Lord that is in his timing. He's going to bring that person to himself. But the responsibility that I have every day is to live it out, to live my faith and to trust him, be, be patient and wait. L- look here again. He says, um, sorry. <clears throat> he says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Many times, if we're not careful, which kind of leads to the next point, is we tend to want to do things. When, when things don't seem to work out the way we think it should work out, we tend to resort to the next few things. Look in that scripture. It says, again, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and what? Do not depend on your understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you the path that you should take. Many times, we tend to, when things don't maybe happen as quick as we think it should, or maybe it's something we want to see happen. Maybe we're trusting God in an area in our life. Maybe it's a job, or maybe it's um, something in a relationship, or this and that. If it don't really work out as quick or as fast as we think we should, we're wondering, well, God, why ain't it happening? We want a ten- tendency to kind of just do things our own. We want to take upon our wisdom and try to make it happen. My friend, I'm going to tell you something. That ain't going to work out very too well. I can tell you from experience. It don't happen. But you must trust him and wait to wait on him to act. Also, don't worry about evil people and how they prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. One of the things that I know that can sometimes discourage us as Christians and trusting in the Lord is sometimes we have a tendency to look out among the world. We see people the way they live very wickedly and evilly, and it seems like they just get away with everything. And you think, well, man, if they can do that, well, I can just live away. No. My friend, understand this. There's coming a day. God's going to bring it all into account. Don't ever, don't ever fret or worry because someone is living wickedly. Maybe it's a situation at work, and it seems like they're getting away with whatever they're getting away with, my friend. They ain't getting away with it. One day they will stand before Almighty God. And they will be accountable. And that day may come even before that. It's more important about you trusting God and waiting on Him, whatever that situation may be, but never, ever, ever should we bend our heart in that direction and envy someone that's doing evil and they're getting away with it and think, well, maybe I can do it. No. You need to trust Him. Trust Him with all of your heart. Proverbs 14.12 says this, There is a path before every person that seems right, but in the end is death. Be very careful to depend upon your wisdom, depend upon what you think, but depend upon his understanding. Seek him in all that you do and trust him. Also, it says there, uh, don't be impressed with your own wisdom, 
but instead fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It says, then you will have healing for your bones and trust and strength for your, I'm sorry, you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. Another thing that I believe in, in having a clear devotion and finding that favor and living under the favor of God is trusting Him even with your possessions and everything that you have. One of the things uh, I didn't really get to why I'm seeking after camp stuff, about a year ago, um, and around, actually, it's back in 2014, to be honest with you, God began to stir a desire in my heart that he put in my heart back in 97 when I worked at a Christian camp. In the summer of 97, I worked at a Christian camp, and I believe without a doubt God put something in my heart that he, one day he said, you're going to do this. Well, for whatever reason, I came back to Ruston, was doing finishing school, and I began to work at the children's home and also in some area churches as student ministers. And throughout that, after I graduated, I actually went into church ministry full-time. Well, in about the spring of 2014, God began to stir up that desire that he put in my heart a long time ago. And be honest with you, I actually talked about this desire with my wife many times before that. But the reality is, for whatever reason, she didn't ever want to talk about that. I don't know why. She wouldn't, it just wasn't there. Well, about that time, God stirred that desire in my heart. And I shared that with a, one of my staff members that spent some time in much prayer with me as we were kind of seeking the Lord about it. And I, was just, I didn't know where to, where to begin and how, to even, how, where, how do you even find that? How do you get into that type of position? how to find camp stuff. And so, lo and behold, I was just working through that process of trying to figure out, God, how do I even get here? And God used some circumstances and situations, even interactions and people just confirming that call. Well, it wasn't a year later until God opened the first door when I went to work at ABC down in Eunice last summer. And that summer, without a doubt, God confirmed, without a doubt, this is what I'm calling you to. Well, the sad reality was by the end of the summer, they said, well, we don't have the money to keep you on full time. So I had to come back to Ruston, no job. <laughs> Only job was my wife. She's a teacher. And so I went back to looking. Well, lo and behold, I knew about the Owl Center. Some of you may be familiar with it. When I worked at the children's home, I was a ropes instructor out there. And so I talked to the director, and lo and behold, they had a maintenance position. Well, one of the things that I want to do in camp ministry is one of the requirements is you've got to have maintenance experience. Well, I saw, hey, this is a great opportunity. Well, the deal is, the reality is, and something I've kind of begun to notice within camp ministry is I, I, I don't make as much as I used to make. You know, I don't even be honest, I don't even make half of what I used to make. And I'm going to be honest with you, this verse right here, and when it comes to living under the favor of God and trusting Him, He says to honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything that you produce. One of the realities that my wife and I are very convinced on, no matter what, whatever God has blessed us with, there's no doubt that I am going to, first of all, tie 10%. Malachi even reminds us that in chapter 3, verse 10, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there you will be enough food in my temple 
And if you do so, says the Lord, the heaven and the armies, he says, I will open up the windows of heaven for you, and I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it and put me to the test. There's not very many times God says, test me, but God says, test me in this. And I can can at least confess this to you, my friend, tonight. I may not make what I used to make, but I do know this. Whatever the Lord blesses with, we tie that. We honor the Lord with whatever whatever we do have, and we're with that. We're fine. God takes. He provides. But you got to trust him. I'm not where I want to be, but I know that he's, it's coming. I have to wait and I have to be patient on him. But I am going to honor him with his word, and I'm going to trust him. One of the other things I want to say that within that clear devotion, look in the next few verses there. He says, uh, my children, verse 11, he says, my children, do not reject the Lord's discipline. Do not be upset when he corrects you, for the Lord corrects those he loves, just as the Father corrects a child in whom he delights. One of the other things that I've understood that I've, I hate to say, learn, be honest with you, no one likes to be disciplined. I mean, you remember as a child, you didn't like it when mom and daddy or, well, honestly, I hated those words. Wait till your daddy gets home. I hated those words. I knew what was going to happen when daddy got home. We're even reminded in Hebrews, I'm not going to read all the verses, but in chapter 12, verses 5 through 11, but verse 11, it says this, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening, but it is painful. But afterward, there is a peaceable harvest of right living for those who are trained in, it, in this way. One of the realities of God's word is this. As a child of God, if you find yourself in a position of discipline, it's a good place to be. And you may say, well, that's really? I'm going to tell you something, my friend. If you can live however you want to live and you're not sensing the discipline of the Lord... That's a, that's a bad place to be. Because in those scriptures there in, he, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says if you're not sensing that discipline, the Bible calls you illegitimate, and he says you don't even belong to him. But if you are sensing that discipline of the Lord, it is good because he loves you. I mean, you, you're not going to let your child run out and just do whatever they want to do and not discipline I'll tell you, in the years, especially when I worked at the, at the uh, Methodist Children's Home, one of the things that I remember those kids said to me that just blessed my heart and always encouraged me is a lot of times they always told me, they said, there was different sometimes some of the staff that worked. They said, Miss Sean, you're different from some of the others. He says, you don't never like, get us, let us get away with anything. But you know one thing that I always remember about those kids and what they said to me? Said, they said they always knew this. They said they knew that I loved them. The reality is this. As a child of God and living under the favor of God, we can't live as children of God and do whatever we want and not. And, and if you don't sense that discipline, my friend, that's a scary place to be. But if you're, being, if you're sensing it, it's not fun. It is painful. It's not enjoyable. But understand this, there's a good thing that's going to come out of it. There's a great harvest that's going to come out of going through those times in our life and God disciplining and bringing you back because he says that he loves you and he corrects those that he loves just as a father corrects his child in whom he delights. So it's a good place to be. 
But we must live with a clear devotion to live under that favor of God. The last thing is this that I want to share with you. It must depend upon His direction. And these last few verses, and I'm not going to read all of them, but in verses 13 through 26, it begins to speak about wisdom. It says, Joyful is the person who finds wisdom and the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages is better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than the rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths and all of her ways is satisfying. One of the things that I can encourage you as a follower of Christ and living under the favor of God is understanding this, depending upon his direction, his word, his word and his guidance, but that wisdom that he gives us to be able to take the word what we have learned, what we understand about His Word, and put it to good use. Uh, in Psalms 25, 8 through 9, it says, The Lord is good, and He does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who, who go astray. He leads the humble to do right and teaches them His ways. My friend, if you're finding yourself in a position, you're not maybe necessarily know what to do. Maybe you're in a, a, in a, one of, just in, those, in a moment where you're just like, God, I don't know what to do with this situation. I don't know how to handle this. One of the, the great things about in, in James chapter 1, he says this, uh, in verse 5, he says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask, be sure that, you, uh, that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person is divided loyalty, as unsettled as the waves of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. So when we find ourselves in that situation, and we, we must depend upon his direction, his word to guide us and that wisdom and those decisions that we make that we honor the Lord and we live under that favor of God. And when we do that, we must seek him and ask him. If we're, if we're lacking, if you don't know what to do, my friend, I encourage you, always go to the Lord and ask. He says he'll give it. But do it and ask in faith. Because if you don't, then what you're doing is you're, you're, you're like the wind. You're, one of the things, we just got back on vacation, <laughs> and uh, we were in the, I actually got in the ocean this time. I don't like, there's things in there that eat you, you know what I mean? I mean, that makes me very nervous, okay? I mean, you're sitting there trying to play with your kids, and you're constantly doing this, you know? And, but, uh, but one of the things I didn't realize, and what kind of brought this to my mind was, I've been in the ocean for a while. Well, I've been on boats and stuff, and you know how it's like when you're being on a boat. But I didn't realize just by standing in the ocean what it does to you. I remember going inside and trying to make a sandwich, and I was doing this right here. And I was like, I was having to grab the thing and try to, and what I'm trying to say is, is my friend, we don't need to live our lives in that type of way. Well, one minute we, we're, we're seeking the Lord, we're trying to live out the Word of God in our lives, but we're, we're in a situation where we don't really understand how to get through it. We're, we asked the Lord, God, would you help me through it? But, but honestly, we're doubting. We're doubting that he would give us the, the guidance to go through it, to deal with it. In Isaiah um, chapter 30, verse 21, it says this, in your, own, in your own ears you will hear him right behind you with a voice saying, this is the way that you should go, whether to the right or to the left. We must live our lives in, in complete complete dependence upon him and his God giving you wisdom every day and decisions that you make and the choices that you make and to honor him. 
one of the last things, you know, Jesus was speaking to his disciples. And the type of faith and the type of, um, I believe, the life that honors and really finds favor with God. Jesus reminded disciples, he says, if you truly want to follow after me, listen to what he says. If anyone wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? If anything is worth more than your soul. Jesus challenged those that truly want to be a follower after him. You must deny yourself. Again, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your understanding. Forsaking everything. One of the things I used to tell my students what faith is, I used to try to break it down for them just to kind of help them understand, is taking that word faith and it's forsaking all, I trust him. Forsaking all, everything. Everything of yourself, forsaking everything and putting your complete trust and to follow him and to take up your cross and follow him daily. Luke and uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, God inspired him to even write, as it says, and to take up your cross daily. Again, I start out by saying it is a choice that you and I must make. If we are going to live our lives under the favor of God, and if we're even going to be able to find favor in man, we must find our lives in favor of him. But it's a decision that you and I must make every day. I believe, first of all, there is a, at some point, there is a defining moment that God makes you fully aware of your sin. And you may be here tonight and you never trusted, put your faith in Christ. I want you to understand something. Today, you can do that. If you are sensing that Holy Spirit dealing with you, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts you of that sin. And tonight, you can put your faith in Him for the very first time and trust Him completely. 16 years old, I, I did that. But every day since then, I've had to make a choice. Every day, in order to live under the favor of God, I've had to make a choice every day, a decision to trust Him and follow Him and have a clear devotion to honor Him with His Word, to spend time in His Word, to pray, to seek the Lord. In those moments where I'm not really sure what to do, and trying to figure out what direction to go. I'm going to tell you, one of the biggest decisions was that. It's very sometimes very easy in our lives to kind of, when we're kind of, I want to say in that groove, but there's something that we've always done. It's very easy to kind of stay in it. And I, man, you're, you're comfortable. But I'm going to tell you something. When God began to even stir up a desire that I believe he gave me back in 97, but he was asking me, to step away from what I've been doing for 18 years. And then when he especially asked me to step away from it, and I didn't even have a job, I was like, Lord, are you sure about this? <laughs> i got to pay bills. I mean, what is this going to look like? I mean, but the truth of the matter is it came to a point that in order to live under his favor, you have to trust him and lean not on your understanding. But in everything that you do, acknowledge him, seeking him, when there's times when you don't, you're not sure what to do, relying upon the wisdom of God to give you that direction from this point to listening for that voice 
to go to the right or to the left. So I want to encourage you with that tonight. I pray in, that you're living under his favor tonight. I pray that you will even find favor with man. But let me, let me just encourage you with this. Please don't ever get so hung up in finding favor with man. Because if that's all you're living your life for, my friend, I'm going to be honest with you, that's... People... I mean, we, we, we are, we're people. We're fallen people. We're broken people. But I will say this. You'll gain favor in man if you'll truly live out the favor under the favor of God. If you'll trust him, or be obedient to his word, to live it out in all that you do every day of your life, God will give you those moments. He'll give you those times where he'll allow you to find favor with maybe it's a person you're working with. Maybe it's someone that you're praying for that they come to faith in Christ. My friend, live under his favor. Be more concerned about living under his word and trust in him. So I want to encourage you with that tonight. So tonight, we want to have a time of invitation. And this is the invitation to you tonight. Maybe you're here tonight you never trusted the Lord Jesus as your Savior. I want you to know you can do that tonight. And there will be staff down here that will be ready to speak with you and talk with you. And I would encourage you to step out and come. The other challenge I want to challenge is my brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to ask you, whose favor have you been more concerned about living under? Have you been more concerned about living under the favor of man? Are you more concerned about maybe gaining someone's, you know, approval or this and that? Are you more focused on living under the favor of God, living under his favor? I want to encourage you if you maybe you've been feel like you're lacking that area. I want to encourage you to come to him, to run to him. Maybe tonight you're here and maybe God's been even been speaking to you way before this and maybe about coming to be a part of this church. This is a great body. This is a great fellowship. And I would know these staff will be ready to speak to you and, and share with you. So however the Lord leads you tonight, I just want to encourage you just to be obedient in his word, to live under his favor, to be obedient to his word, and, and also in just in the way that you live it every day, I hope and I pray that you'll be able to find favor too with man, but your main focus is living under his favor. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time tonight. Thank you for your word and its truth. And I just pray now in this time, Lord, that you would honor your word. Father, may we be your children that live under your favor. Lord, I thank you for Jesus and what he did for us at the cross. Father, ultimately, that's how we find favor. It's coming to Christ alone, confessing our sin and our need of a Savior. And falling under your wonderful favor, Father. So, Lord, thank you. I pray right now in this time that you would have your way in us. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen.